What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mindset Mogul Podcast. We are your hosts, Josh Jacobs and Bradley Mora. And we are back with an accountability episode for you today. Brad, what's going on, brother? How you doing? How you feeling? What are you grateful for today? What is going on in your life, brother? Dude, I'm doing I'm doing really good. I think I'm grateful for coffee today. I just had uh and actually <laughs> I'm grateful for understanding how coffee works with my body better. I've gotten over the past couple of weeks way better at dosing the right amount of caffeine. And I have like a new appreciation to just have access to a substance like that. And so, uh, you know, you drink too much, you get the jitters, you get anxious. But I think I'm grateful then in part of that of having a, a body that just lets you know what's going on. And that working system and mechanism, like, and you be able, being able to respond to that, it's just a cool thing. Yeah. How are you feeling, by the way, with everything going on? Are you healing? You're recovering well? Yeah. I, uh, I went with, uh, with Stoller. This is a friend of ours from high school. He's like our fitness guru friend, as uh, the best way. Best yeah. Way it's a good description. <laughs> yeah. It's a good description. And uh, we went to Zion over the weekend, which is oh, a yeah. national park in Utah. How so I'm not allowed to redline my cardio. That's like, they're like, don't redline because of the way the blood clot in the lung is. It's just that could cause problems. So you got to stay in zone one, zone two, and then you don't want to spend too much time in zone three cardio. But we did we did 10 miles the first day in zone two, and I was cooking. I was feeling good. So that was a good test of keeping the cardio, how I was feeling. I was able to keep up with them. It uh so that as a just a test was very good. And then just the basics of of lifting. Everything I would say is at like a 75% of just like the the pace I'm setting in the gym and so forth. But overall, I can't complain. I got about six weeks left of this 75% crap, and then we'll be back at 100. Nice. How was Zion, by the way? Because it looks so beautiful. It's wild. I hope my parents never listen to this one. But we went on this hike called Angel's Landing, and it was a... I have a small fear of heights. Like when I get up there, I just feel it in my stomach and I have a visceral reaction to the height. And I don't think me or Stoller had a beat on what this hike was. And I'll also say that there is a variety of people doing the hike in terms of just age, physical condition. Like there are people doing it. They're like, okay, if if they're doing it, I should be able to do it as like, you know, as a, as a healthy young man. And so I'll say that, but I'll also say there was times when it's like a 2000 foot drop on both sides and like not a ton of anything between you and that drop. Is there a railing? No, you're in fact, you're, there's a chain, so you can hold on to a chain, which is big, but sometimes you're like passing people on the thing. And then like, if they tripped and hit you, you'd have a problem. So it definitely was the most intense thing I've probably ever done in my entire life, at least for me and as far as danger goes. But it also was a great time to say the path is chosen and then just pull your composure together for it and put one foot after the other, be highly present and just focus. And so that exercise, I came out the other side and I honestly think I'm a slightly new person. Okay, so, Greg. As soon as yeah. you said it's the most dangerous thing you did. <laughs> Sorry, but what immediately popped into my head was when we were young and you flew off a jump and oh fell from basically three stories high. 
All right. The breaking of the hip on the snowboard was the most dangerous thing I've ever done. This is the second most dangerous. Oh, man. Sorry. I couldn't hold back. That was the first thought that came to my mind when you said that. I forget that that you were there when I actually performed the most dangerous thing that I've done. You actually, I don't know if you were recording it, but you were sitting next to the person. Luke was recording it. it, And that video still exists on YouTube, by the way, but it was from a flip phone in like 2006. So it's terrible, terrible quality. But you you do hear me. It's the appropriate level of quality. (laughs) You hear me at the end going, dude, that's not funny. (laughs) Yeah, you were right. It wasn't funny. (laughs) Oh, man. No, until right now. But. Dude, that sounds scary, though. I actually read about it because I was looking at possibly going there in September, and uh, I also have a fear of heights. And I'm not like, I'm okay. I go on a roller coaster or whatever, but if there's a 2,000 foot drop right next to me with no railing and just a chain and people pushing to get by you, I might have a slight panic attack. So it's good to know. I'll have to be prepared for that. <laughs> there's an enormous amount of things you can do that don't have that. That's just like one part of one trail that gets a lot of press when you're there it's like the thing but okay yeah, probably not, has an awesome view yeah it's incredible it's it's yeah. it's uh pretty it's pretty awesome up there but there's plenty to see not doing that okay all right good yeah, well yeah. you got to send me a picture when we're off the pod but how was how are you doing otherwise everything good i know you said you're at your 75 percent. you uh you stick into your diet you eating right you feeling good anything else going on yeah i'd say not where I need to be, but like generally good. And so, and I say that because I like went out to dinner with, I had business partners in town and I didn't set the intention. I know it like, and I was like, play the negotiation games with yourself. And you're like, well, am I building a relationship with them? Like, is this the right, you know, am I leaving something on the table if I don't engage fully with how, you know, everyone's participating in the drinking basically. And and the thing I was thinking about is what if I flipped that script and not that like you can or shouldn't drink with anyone, but we ended up drinking more than I like should have for sure. Cause it just kept going, you know? And the, what if I was the guy at the table that was like, oh, I'm not drinking. And then my business partners see me holding this high bar and setting a tone like that, that may actually be the best outcome period that I'm held in this esteem of being the guy that's a fucking hardo. And so Thinking about how to frame things like that, I just chose to think about it one way. And I'm not saying that I shouldn't, I'm not necessarily drawing the line and if you should or shouldn't drink at these things. But if you wanted to think about it differently and give yourself the out not to do it, I think a way to think about it is how badass do you look participating and having fun, but not doing the drinking. So that was a good just micro lesson. Outside of that, everything has been good. I think. I'm always afraid to say these things on the pod because then I have a recording of me not <laughs> staying consistent with myself. But we've talked about it, but some form of whether it's 75 hard and it doesn't need to be that, but that level of commitment is I need that. Like coming out of this whole like injury thing and it's just all those things give you too much room to slide or they I at least let the, I let them give me too much room to slide. And so I want to be back at the level of dialed from earlier this year. Like I had the taste of that. And so 
Well, we came off this. We were talking off camera about creating like mindset mogul non-negotiables. So we'll continue yep. that conversation and talk about it. But I agree with you. I mean, and it's interesting you say the thing about, you know, the business partners and drinking. And what if you were that guy who had a great time without drinking? Like I was just I was just telling you before we started, I ran into one of our friends, uh, David Fishchuck in Miami, and he gave up drinking a couple years ago. And I, and I, the first thing I said to him, or one of the first things I said to him when I saw him is it was, it was really, really cool and inspiring to see you at ASW, which is this big conference that uh, I met him in person at. And he was talking to everybody, energetic, having a great time, didn't have one drink. And I was like, that was really cool for me to see because it just goes to show like this is, it's not necessary. And I obviously use it, you know, for the same exact reasons that you just said, I, I think it's helped me make relationships and connections. And, but I do know that that is an excuse and it's not necessary to make those relationships and establish those connections. You can have just as good of a time without it, but we've been conditioned to associate alcohol with building relationships and having fun and networking since we were you know, I don't know when you started drinking, but since I was like 13 years old, I think I was like, a couple of years behind you, but it was so, it was like, not yeah, the it's like that's, days. What, that's what yeah. you associate alcohol with. It's like when you start drinking as a teenager or as an adult or whatever, it's not like you start drinking. Most people, at least, it's not like you just start drinking when you're by yourself. That would be <laughs> sad and that would not be good. Yeah. Because you associate alcohol with like getting together with friends or getting together with business partners or anything that's a social function. So we've been programmed since we were very young to associate alcohol with social functions. So it's not weird that we are having this debate with ourselves about going out and having drinks versus not and wondering if somebody like, are we going to have as good of a time? Are we going to connect on the same level if he's drinking and I'm not or whatever? But the reason that's so normal is because of what I just said. We've been programmed that that is the way since the first drink we've ever taken. It's, bar- it's buried layers deep, I think, in subconscious, in unconscious. I've tried to identify anytime I'm feeling some sort of way about something, try to identify where that's coming from. And so I'm sitting at that dinner table at the decision point of if I'm ordering the beer or not. And there's like, this primitive urge to just join along and do it that obviously won in that case. I think it's that programming you're talking about. It's just, it's so like raw and deep and it's like a physical manifestation of this feeling that there's some reprogramming that needs to go underway to, I'd love to be in a place where like that never happens. I think that's like step a hundred. Like first is just, you beat the urge the eventual outcome is you don't even have it anymore because you're truly reprogrammed. But, yeah. and that's why I guess the, you know, the, the beginning parts of that curve and truly controlling your controlling yourself and your impulses is uh, it, it's a battlefield up front. Yeah. And reprogramming is basically just consistency of that over time. hundred percent. So, yeah. But all right. Well, speaking of Miami, I was just in Miami. I got back yesterday I was actually pretty, I mean, I definitely like, you know, towed the line a little bit, but I was pretty proud of myself. Definitely the earliest I've ever gone to sleep in Miami every night, except for one, the healthiest I've been, the least I've drinking. So that felt good. It's great. The first night was, the first night was a little <laughs> questionable. Um, I definitely had a, a a handful of drinks, but 
you know, I don't want to say I canceled them out, but I danced for probably two, three hours straight and definitely burned off uh, some of that real quickly. So that was really, really fun night. Um, the, the, the next few nights, I was in bed by midnight every night, which is usually, just to put it in perspective, my dinner reservations when I go to Miami are like 10.30 p.m. <laughs> You know, when I'm at home, like I'll go out to dinner here in Chicago, like, you know, between 5 p.m. and 8 p.m., just depending on what I'm doing, where I'm going, who I'm going with. I never go out to dinner here past, you know, 8 p.m. When I'm there, I'm just a different person. Like it's a later city. You know, I, I go to dinner at 10, 1030, sometimes 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, the night ends at 2, 3, 4 in the morning or whatever. That's just that's that city. It doesn't have to be. That's my point here is that's who I've been in that city for however many years, you know, we've been going there. So this time was a little bit different. We were doing dinners earlier, went to bed earlier, woke up earlier, went on my runs on the boardwalk, felt amazing um, in the freaking 95 degree heat and humidity. Holy shit. It was unbelievable, Jeez. though. It felt so good embracing it. it was um, jogging in the sauna. Yeah, it's exactly or a steam room. So no, it was cool. But uh, definitely, you know, I think one of the things we were just talking about is like, what I really realized heavily on this trip was that I cannot use travel as an excuse to procrastinate on things that I need to do, whether that be my health or my business, because I wound up working, you know, for I don't know, two, three hours a day while I was there. So not a ton, but more than a typical vacation. And I just realized like, you feel so much better. And I already knew this, but you feel so much better when you don't procrastinate on things and you just get them done, even if you're on vacation. Because to put it into perspective for you, today's my first day back, full day back. I got home yesterday afternoon. And if I would have waited, to do all of the things that I did while I was on vacation until today, number one, we'd be losing out on money. Number two, we'd probably be losing out on relationships and partnerships. And number three, I would be dreading today and it would be brutal. So just to give you a quick story, um, went through a couple different, just, you know, you're always putting off fires if you're a business owner, right? Like there's, there's always something. So one day it was a fire for one thing. The next day was a fire for the next thing. So number one, if I would have let those fires go, like who knows what would have happened? Those are things you got to take care of right away. And it felt good to just go back to the room, hammer them out and then go back to the pool or whatever like that. I didn't, wasn't stressed at all about it because I knew that this is what's important. This is my priority right now. I have no choice. Yeah, I'm at the pool. I'm just going to go work on the balcony and enjoy the view while still working. Like I made the best of it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And then can I even say there's like a, I would even work on reframing, like making the best of it as much of just you're choosing that because it aligns most with your vision for yourself. Like the, for the goals that you want for like the best version of you or like the thing, like, it, yeah, it, it's, uh, it aligns with what your priorities actually are. And, and that's like thinking today and thinking about the future version of yourself and also just holistically, like being a high octane business owner who also goes out and enjoys himself, like actually figuring out how to marry those two, I think is 
a really cool thing to do. And it like, it doesn't necessarily have to be like one constraining the other or one screwing up the other. It actually is maybe even a more beautiful outcome to have it all together than it is to like, say do one and the other and not do anything, uh, doing them separately, you know, and like causing that pain, that, that pain for yourself that you'll end up having, whether it's now or, or later. So, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I already know, like I, I came home yesterday and I was like, man, thank God I did all this stuff and I don't have yeah. to do it all tonight and tomorrow. Like today, for example, I was telling you, uh, on Monday we, for my business, we got this new software and part of the software is leveraging the other clients that are in the software and getting introductions to them. And Monday I get down to the pool. It's like 11 in the morning and all of a sudden, bing, 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 bing. I get about 30 emails of just introductions and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I could wait and respond to all these on Wednesday when I get home or Thursday. But then number one, I'm going to lower probably the response rate that I get from all these people that I want to work with. Number two, I'm going to be dreading the fact that I have 30 emails to respond to the day I get back. And number three, it's going to postpone the, the day that I actually meet these people. Because if I do all the scheduling today, I can meet them Thursday and Friday versus if I do the scheduling when I get back Thursday, it's going to postpone it out till next week. So I yep. sat there. I responded to every single one of them right away. I scheduled a full day's of worth of meetings today, fitting this right in between our meet my meetings and tomorrow and then next Monday. And I came home and I just felt so good. I was like, man, I went on this trip. I scheduled a ton of meetings. I'm hammering them out. Today I woke up. I'm like, I'm ready to go. I've already been anticipating this day since Monday. And it's just, uh, I don't know. It was a different way of doing a, a vacation and I felt really good about it. So I always like, I always respond to emails and do things on vacation, but I never have it with this outlook of what you just explained of how it aligns with my priorities. And you're right. I have the outlook of that's a great distinction that you just helped me make right now. Typically, I do this on vacation and I have the outlook of I'm making the best of it because I got to do it. Whereas the new outlook I had this time was I don't have to do it. I get to do it. And this aligns with who I want to be and what goals I have and what I'm trying to be build in my life. So I might as well just freaking embrace it and be grateful about it. And that was the big distinction I think of I have to to I get to. And, uh, I don't know. It felt, it felt transformational at least. <laughs> so if you back up and say the ultimate goal is to improve the quality of all of the moments in your life, then that frame shift is a massive one because it takes you one of like pain and not having to one of having, you get to have the moment. You're grateful for the moment. You get the opportunity to be on vacation and build your dreams all at the same time, as opposed to. I'm on a vacation and like my dreams are nagging at me now. You know, that's like a, that's not a good moment, but a moment where you get to do it all together. That's a really cool cocktail of experience that you're able to put together for yourself. It lines up well with this. Uh, I'll send you this article. It talked about moving away from, there's like two different personas that he was saying that people can have. And one is like the drill sergeant. Like you're always basically getting mad at yourself for not doing the thing. It's kind of like when we're talking about like we were, you know, we drank and then now we're like, you shouldn't have drank. You slipped up, like get back on the horse, go hit it harder like that. There's restriction in your life. The key thing is that there's restriction. The other one is like people will then oscillate to what he called the Zen master, which is 
okay, you know what? I'm going to take it easy for my like mental health and for myself. I'm not going to necessarily pursue things at a speed or intensity that I otherwise would to like prioritize mental health, which again is another vantage point of like not having and restriction. You're like not having the goals because you're taking it easy or you're restricting the things you can have in your life as a function of trying to, you know, meet your goals and be whatever version of uh, yourself that you've dictated you need to be. And the frame shift that he had, and it's not exactly the same, but it's kind of on the same thing is why don't you step back and ask yourself, what life am I trying to build for myself? What is like, how do I build towards the happiness for myself? And then just flow everything through that lens instead. How do I build towards the life that I want? And don't think about what you like, don't view from like a vantage point of restriction view of one of essentially building abundance towards what it is that you want. And then just set all those same activities, but into that new frame. And I read that and it's something that I think we talk about and we know, and it was just said another way, but it's always a relief to remind myself of that. Like, that's how you can go, you know, it's the right way to think about going hard. I think is, I guess the, And I think when you keep that frame at the top of your mind, like that's when you hit the flow state and things just start and you just start doing things. Like I do feel like I was in the flow state still on this trip when maybe on the trip, I'm not always on in the flow state because I'm just distracted with other stuff. But I felt like that what you just explained was at the top of my mind the whole time I was there and I knew what my priorities were and Sure, I wanted to go have fun, but at the end of the day, I know that these are the things that are going to make me happy. These are the things that I want in my life. These are the goals that I have in my life. And these are the things that I have to take care of first before anything else. And that did make me happy. That did make me feel good. As I just explained, that relieved my anxiety. Like all those, it made me feel fulfilled and rewarded. So all those things, um, you know, are true. And I think you wove in the fun at the appropriate amount to meet the vision you have for yourself. It all comes back to clarity. And it's like, you have clarity for who you want to be and fun fit it in exactly the right spot of how it got worked in. Like you didn't not have fun as a function of doing this. You got to build it all together, but they all just coexisted instead of coming at a trade-off. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I'm still waiting for us to, get down there together and have a good time but we'll yeah, make we gotta go to miami there. bro i know and more we'll like you gotta take you gotta take it to miami bro <laughs> <laughs> i will take you to all the spots but uh all right well you got anything else for today no i think that was that was chunky that was good yeah that was good yeah. all right well i hope you guys enjoyed if you did please leave us a comment on youtube with your question and we will answer it on one of our q a sessions or you could just comment on how handsome we look today whatever you want uh those both work uh please subscribe to the youtube channel like the video if you're listening on apple spotify google one of those please follow and leave a five-star review we really appreciate you we will see you in the next episode thank you so much take care take care <laughs>